0: On this episode of Resi Week, hiring tips for tight labor markets, Access Networks has a new online store, and Amazon's building robots just for you. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is, is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is Resi Week, episode 120, Vesta. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks and by SDVoE, the platform for network AV. Welcome to ResiWeek. This is your weekly wrap up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.TV. And today I'm pleased to be joined by my longtime friend, Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV in beautiful Buffalo. How are you doing?
2: I am doing swell. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It is Victoria Day here uh, where we celebrate the queen. So yeah.
2: We should be That's drinking I tea. tea.
0: I hate tea. It's no? disgusting. Unless it's sweet tea. Mixed with lemonade to make an Arnold Palmer. That's a good day. <laughs> Last but not least, we have Todd Myers. He is the Director of Emerging Technologies at Peerless and one of my favorite people in the industry. How you doing, my friend?
1: All right, man. How's everybody doing today? Doing
0: great. So you notice, I, just one of my favorite people in the industry, not just at Peerless, the entire okay. industry. Unlike Tim Albright, who thinks you're just really cool at Peerless. <laughs> See, he's not on this, so he can't defend himself. It's great. <laughs> All right, let's jump into a story that comes to us directly from CE pro more great hiring tips in a tight labor market, Uh, join industry forums, pay for referrals, things like this. This comes to us from Jay Basin. Uh, Essentially one of the things he's saying is that as we are seeing an expanding economy and uh, more business coming in, we need to continue to grow our staff. This has always been a big problem uh, in the industry and it's something that when you ask integrators, It really is usually one of the biggest pain points is finding qualified talent. One of the things that uh, Jay here gets into is that we need to take a more effective method, uh, which is a more active approach as far as not just throwing your uh, job option or, or, or opportunity up on Monster or Indeed or any of those sites, but actually start looking at things like uh, referral programs and targeting skill sets. Uh, and last but not least, of course, st- stealing from your competitors, which sometimes is good and sometimes is bad. Uh, he also gets into things like hiring interns, build, building a database and, and using a recruiters. Heather, as a as an integrator, this is always a big thing that we as integrators have to deal with. We have staff turnover. We're not usually companies the size of, say, Peerless, uh, that, that where Todd comes from. We're dealing with smaller smaller groups of people and, and occasionally sometimes different different uh, skill sets that are required, but again, we need a lot of times more general skill sets. How do you go about you know searching for new talent, and more importantly, how hard is it to find talent these days?
2: Um, I think that what we need to do truly as an industry is start from the ground up. So what we fail to do, I think very often in our small businesses is do, how many of us have written job descriptions um, that we even know what we're hiring for versus a kind of more, we take a kamikaze approach and we lose someone and we hire someone, um, but we're not really looking what we need, where we need to grow. And then the most important part is our culture. Um, What I've discovered is the stronger culture you have, A, the better you're going to retain your A players, and Mm -hmm. B, the better you can bring them in. I just successfully hired um, a Crestron programmer who's more than that. He'll be an engineer. Um, I hired him for less than he's making at his current job, and I did that because I've been talking to him for years. He knows what our culture is like, Um, and he came because he knows that he could grow within it. So it wasn't about money. It was about, well, I want to work somewhere where I can – grow and be who I want to become.
0: Well, I think that speaks to the change that we are starting to see just across the board in all industries is, is people are not always chasing per se that, that dollar figure, although that's important. Other factors really come into play. Todd, when we, when we look at this and, and when you guys specifically as manufacturers look at this, you're dealing with usually a lot more departments and a lot more opportunities potentially than most of your, your residential integrators are. When you guys start looking at this and when things come up, like uh, Fortune's reporting that the U.S. unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in the century, when you guys are looking for or are requiring new talent, how do you go about doing that when we're seeing statistics like this, that the, the, the unemployment rate is so low and there's not as many people looking for jobs, not as many people are out there, so your pool's smaller. How do you guys go about that?
1: You know, I'll tell you, at, at Peerless, it's kind of, um, it's a little bit unique because the culture of Peerless has been kind of evolving over the last few years. And, you know, for those of you who knew us 10 years ago, we weren't a technology company per se as we are today, right? It was, we were a metal bending manufacturing company. And as we've gone uh, forward with our emerging technologies uh, team and the fact that we now have display offerings and wireless offerings and interactive offerings, we've, we've kind of, we have more of a a rounded uh, offering in, in my little corner of Peerless right now. The problem that I've run into with this, especially with hiring, and in fact, it's something I'm dealing with today as we sit here, is I'm trying to figure out, I need a new product manager in my group right now, and I need to have someone come in. But because the culture in Peerless has been so much about the manufacturing of bent metal, there isn't a lot of inherent people for referrals on the inside of Juro for tech, technical product managers, specifically dealing with electronics, mm-hmm. something you put in versus a piece of that metal. So, you know, I, I go about it a lot of different ways because I come from an inst- installation integration background. I know what the installers are looking for in the products that we're putting out in the field. So I try and actually bring people in that I know from the industry that had a lot of input as to you know how the product's going to be used in the field but also can start stating you know what needs to change with the product and how we can actually um speak to the integrators and the users of our, our products a little bit better so instead of just going for a straight off recruiter or something like that or, or a cold call or rather not a cold call but uh, you know just putting out um, a wanted ad i really try and find people that i've dealt with in the past that either have a line on someone that is more technically minded um, like myself and like some of my colleagues are, um, I try and not go about it um, a very standard way because I feel that we try to do that with um, at least in the Emerging Tech Division of Peerless. And because a lot of people don't know us as being a display manufacturer and a wireless provider, that type of thing, we don't get a lot of the, in my opinion, the correct people that just come to the door looking for a job. So I'm, I try and really tailor who I'm looking for and I really try and cherry pick a little bit more from people I know.
2: Todd, don't you, don't you feel, though, that uh, a lot of the technical aspect can be taught versus going after the right person that can fit um, culturally? And, and I guess really where I'm, I, I'm, I'm leading the witness to is what I find with our industry is we're crying that there's no one to hire, and yet we're still 99.9% male-dominated. So, like, have we opened up the pool to say, hey, maybe I should look in not the normal places to find people?
1: Right, so, so speaking of a male dominated um, comment, I've, I've made it a point to really try. Like the product manager I just had working for me was a woman that I brought up from customer care. And I, you know, knowing that it is, um, there's not a lot of women in this industry, I feel that it brings a lot more um, credit when we start um, bringing people from the inside up. And there was a couple of people that we saw that have come through my group females specifically that have really started to make a name for themselves within the industry. The girl that I just left, unfortunately, went to the sales side of things. Um, so it, I, I definitely, I, I think for that same reason that if I put an, an ad out there, I would say over the last couple of years, people I've interviewed, I have not had one female come to me from just an ad out in the field. Right, it's yeah, in welcome. yeah, exactly. And and I do believe that that's important to try and balance what we see in the field quite a bit. So that's actually, that was one thing that was um, really at the forefront of my thought a year and a half ago when I hired this girl and she did such a great job for me. It was such a, it was a, it's really been kind of a bummer because I'm still dealing with the loss of her right now going to the other division. Um, but no, I, I, I think that from a peerless standpoint specifically, there's too many people that are just kind of this blank slate kind of person that comes to the door and I need somebody that's a little bit more uh, geared towards what we're trying to do and trying to really change the face of peerless in general.
0: So let me ask you guys this, when we're looking at things and Todd, you brought up a really good point that you're, you know, leveraging your network, right? Your network of people within the industry, trying to find someone that fits that opportunity. And Heather, you brought up the point of trying to bring people in off the street and and how tough that is. How do we balance, you know, that, that traditional method of being a smaller industry and going after people within the industry, versus trying to grab someone from, you know, IT or computer programming or construction or or what have you, someone who's outside the field and doesn't know we exist. How do we balance both of those issues?
2: I I always kind of, I I feel like I've had my greatest successes in outside the industry Um, because you can raise the rest, you can teach the rest. I I find that outside the industry sometimes is a great place to be because you can see what's what the potential is versus it's really hard to teach a new, the old dog new tricks kind of thing. Um, they have their set in their ways mm-hmm. and then there's sometimes a bit of ego that can come along with that. So for me, I've been, I don't know. I don't know if it's luck or talent or neither, um, but I've, I've always found great success in outside the industry.
0: Maybe it's just you.
2: It
0: could, be. it could be, could be. All right, let's move on to our next story. This comes to us from a residential systems access. Access Networks has created a new online store for integrators. If you've uh, purchased Access Networks or if you're interested in purchasing them and you are a dealer, you can essentially access their online store called My Access, uh, which is replacing the, the legacy online store that they had. And from there, you're going to be able to purchase essentially all of the products uh, with some pre-configuration and extend it from there. Todd, I wanted to start with you on this. When we start looking at dealer specific uh, and vendor specific online purchasing opportunities. I know for, for myself and my company, we use your, you know, online catalog extensively when we're, when we're looking for mounts and, and specking systems and, and things such as that. We, we leverage that all the time. And I personally usually seem to leverage that at, you know, 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> um, when I can't just call my supplier, whoever that may be, whether it's you directly or a distributor, when manufacturers are putting together online stores in addition to just online catalogs, when does that become worth the the time and investment to to create that?
1: In my opinion, it's when you become, you know, we use the term kind of a lot in these four walls here, but it's when you become that one-stop shop. So So if I've got, you know, for instance, the division I work with, we deal a lot with our, our outdoor uh, digital signage, right? Our outdoor mm-hmm. digital TV. And um, a lot of times uh, those get put into kiosks. They're not necessarily freestanding a lot of time. So I'll deal a lot with my, with my kiosk division. And we, you know, we try and basically offer a breadth of product that is a one-stop shop. If you need a kiosk, is it going to be indoors or outdoors? If it's going to be either or, then you have, your, your cameras available for that? Do you have your card readers available for that? Any type of printers that might be needed? Um, do you have a line in the water for a specific um, a media player or some type of content management system to go for? So what I see with, with, these, with these online stores, if you can create a full um, solution from that one-stop shop, then that makes a lot more you know, um, sense from my standpoint, being in my previous iteration as an integrator and then currently, you know, seeing what the integrators come to us for talking with them at the trade shows, understanding that they don't want to go to a bunch of different stores. They want to go to one store and be able to basically get the full product that they need, or at least the full system that they need at that point. So I think that Peerless is getting much better at that specifically when it comes to that kind of one-stop shop. Um, we've got these, we've got these, um, some new things that we're going to be showing at Infocom in the next two weeks, uh, specifically an LED configurator. So now, someone comes to us and says, "Okay, I'm, I'm going to be going uh, for this LED wall, and I'm going to be making it X by X wide and tall," um, we now have this uh, basically widget that you can go onto our site with, and you can now construct that full. Um, kiosk wall that you need, depending on the brand, or not kiosk wall, I'm sorry, LED wall, uh, depending on the brand that you're working with, it's, it, it kind of gives them a, a complete solution all at once. So, you know, whether it's kiosk, whether it's LED configurator, we're trying to become more of that when we come to standalone displays as well, not just with the kiosk division themselves. Um, so that's, that's when I see the value being uh, offered to the end user at that point is when they don't need to go to multiple stores mm-hmm. to do that.
0: Heather, as we continue to seem to get to that point where you can buy anything online, doesn't matter what you're looking for. When uh, we get to that point? No, no, no. We're pretty much there. there. We're pretty much there. Um, When people start, you know, like Access Networks start providing this, is this something that changes the conversation that you might have internally as far as what products you offer? Because they now offer something that allows you to, if it's, you know, eight o'clock, your time and and you're trying to finish a quote for tomorrow and you need a number that you can't call your local distributor or, or manufacturer because their sales office might close at five o'clock. Does that, does this change that conversation for you?
2: I don't know if it changes the conversation, but I think ease of ordering is a big play for me. So how, how, how good does that website work? How fast is it? And how easy is it? And the easier it is and the better they're at, at saying here's a plot some accessories that you may need or here's what we also recommend I think that's a way for a manufacturer to pull in some additional business um, you know Crestron does that it, Whether they love them or hate them it's you go there it's you have to go to their website to use it um, mm-hmm. And as soon as you do it, they're going to say, you might also need this. So when you ask for a model number in the Crusher on land, it just doesn't give you that model number, but it gives you pretty much an entire page of here's other model numbers with the cost already right. um, for, that may be associated with this product. And that makes it, it's, again, it's quicker, it's easier, whether that's 8 o'clock at night or when, at whatever time it is. Um, and that ease of ordering is, then it becomes my go-to.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's something where as long as I can find what I need. and, and If it's this
2: constant spinning wheel, then no.
0: No? No, you no. don't want that? It's a bad... You're so picky. Speaking of spinning wheels, and that's not a good transition at all, <laughs> uh, Bloomberg has uh, reported that Amazon has a top secret plan to build home robots. This came out on the 23rd uh, and was updated just the other day uh, by Mark Ger- German and Brad Stone. Uh, you know, Amazon has been doing all kinds of crazy things. And it seems recently that they're working on a big bet right now to uh, develop and build robots for the home. They have codenamed this project Vesta after the Roman goddess of hearth home and family.
2: It's my favorite part.
0: That the name, I love the name's the fantastic. It. Yes. hearth <laughs> specifically.
2: I named Vesta.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a bond villain by the name of Vesta? Uh, This comes out of their uh, Lab 126, which is their hardware and uh, research development lab. Essentially, they're not really getting into much about what this is because it's purely speculation at this point. But Heather, as we start to look at this and and we know this is coming and they're expecting that this is going to be a $15 billion business, uh, consumer robots by 2023. Are you looking for, or, or, or what purpose do you see for a robot that can perform either just companionship or some form of basic chore uh beyond you know again the the roombas and, and things like that that we already have is this something that a you're interested in and b you want in your house
2: well i'm going to put the caveat out there is if we could only feel confident that all that information stays in our intranet right i'm going to
0: say no it's
2: not going to but if we could <laughs> Oh, the possibilities, and yes, I'd be willing to give up everything if I knew it was somehow secure, so not knowing, then I don't know how far it would go, but um, I love the idea of saying, you know, uh, Vesta, what's for dinner tonight, (laughs) you know, to have, or to have something, it hasn't been fixed yet, I mean, I I was at CES, I saw the Sony, um, what's the Sony dogs called, Um, Uh, and it's- fun and it's Alibo. moving more, although that's still a companion piece. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about LGs and how it kept failing. So we're not, we're certainly not there. But if anyone can do it, this company has certainly proved that they are a game changer. They can think outside the box. Um, yeah, I was—I I like the concept. But again, I still have a hard time even allowing Alexa to come out of my kitchen. Um, right. Although I know it's going to happen. It's not in my living room. Although I think in a previous podcast, you asked me where I plug my phone in at night.
0: <laughs> might have shoot. might have just done that,
2: shoot swear word, yep um so yeah, I, I think that there's potential here for sure, and i'll look forward to whatever they'll come up with next
0: todd when when you guys look at this from not even the manufacturing side, but just the logistics of putting some form of robot and in a home again beyond a room, but something that can navigate stairs and and different heights of flooring and all those different things that come into play. How far away are we from having something that not only can be in your home, but is more than just a a cool thing that you bought because you thought it was cool and you plugged it in and used it for a week and then you never used it again because it can't navigate from the kitchen to the living room. How far out are we from that? And if we get there, are you wanting one?
1: Yeah. You know, um, it's. I love technology in the home. I've created my smart home for myself. I've lighting, HVAC, access control, audio, no, video—the whole thing. Video. I'd say
2: Vesta, give me a beer.
1: Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> honestly. So to answer the first question, I would say um, we're probably about, I would say, four to five years from having something navigating your home in one shape or form. Now, whether it does it well or whether it's made for a ranch-style home or I mean that's all TBD at this point. I don't know if I um I don't know if I really buy into I've I've never bought into the Roomba I've never bought into those helping I don't I out of all the things I've really gone for the voice activated um say line in the sand I haven't really crossed that one yet I don't have an Alexa I am more of an Apple person myself um but that all being said you know I wanted to embrace the Apple Home kid. I wanted to I wanted to do something with the Siri control I feel as though they haven't gone to that level yet Mm -hmm. and then you know again I may be showing my bias Apple versus uh, Android to some point here because I do feel that um, Android's probably a little bit um, quicker to react to what people are looking for out there but I think Apple holds back um, enough to say listen we know we can do this right now. We just don't understand if we're doing it properly yet. And, and I think a lot of that has even been seen even with just the kind of Android versus versus Apple technology and the phones alone. So if, if we're talking about having something walking around my house and, and getting me a beer or making some toast for me or something like that, I don't personally, I don't know if I'm there myself, but I do see that being um, some something navigating a general home atmosphere within the next four to five years, that can be kind of on the um, affordable side. I mm-hmm. would say that it's going to probably take about that long to do that. Um, I mean, I remember looking at OLEDs back in 08, and it was a 19-inch screen, and, you know, it was $5,000, and it was like, I oh, well, that. one minute. I I I know. I
2: know <laughs> Matt, so, you could say, I gonna, Festa, watch the children. I'll be right back.
0: That yeah, would be fantastic. Yeah. I do that with Alexa now. <laughs> no, I don't. Don't call CSA okay. on me. You know, the, the thing that I find really interesting about this is what I want it to do is stuff like, you know, hey, bring me a Dr. Pepper out, you know, into the basement or, you know, when I'm, when I'm out on the deck, but do I want it to be able to open doors and navigate right. things like that? Do I want it to cook dinner and, and not be aware of what's going on? For me, it always hits the the conversation of can I do it? Yeah, maybe sort of. Should I? How safe is it? And like like my son is to the age where he can now open our deadbolts. He's three. But he can reach up, open our deadbolts, and let the cat in and out, which is great, except when we're not in the same room. I get concerned with things like robots that if it's which, something hey, – that's huh? it
2: don't let the kids out.
0: <laughs> you would hope so, but again – how do you, no, how do you draw I'm, that line? How do you control that? How do you playing, definitely, manage definitely
2: that? Um, it is a super, right? it's, And that, I mean, that's why they have probably the smartest minds or some of the smartest minds on this project. Cause you're absolutely right. How, how do you begin to conceptualize what is potential? But did you think that voice control would be as good as, and it's not even great yet as it is only five years ago. I mean, five years ago there was none. We might, we, we couldn't, mm-hmm. You know, our phones still didn't know what you I, I, we were talking about. Um, so, it, it if any, again, if anyone has the potential, I'm an Apple lover too. Um, they're way behind the game right here. Um, Google has the potential. They've been capturing voice for the longest. And yet it's Amazon who's been coming in with a one-two punch and leading this revolution.
0: That's first to market too, right? Todd, When 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 you see this, do you view this as being Amazon's ball to run with or do you think someone else can come in and, cause you know, we're going to get there.
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, they're definitely paving the way, you know, I mean, they're going to, they're going to do all the heavy lifting and then people are going to come by and smooth it over and figure out how to do it better. So to an extent, yeah, they're absolutely running with it right now. I think that they've, you know, even though I haven't bought into the voice control, they definitely have, have that cornered for at least the options that are out there today. Um, So, you know, will it get better? Absolutely. Will they be the ones to make it better? You know, maybe, maybe not.
0: All right. Let's leave it there. Uh, Although that that does always just make me think of every time we start talking robots, I don't know if any of you saw the Josh AI April Fool's video that went around. It's the new version of Josh AI personal assistant thing. And it's literally a guy with the Josh AI voice. Who's a butler who follows you around the house. (laughs) (laughs) go pick up the kids it's fantastic all right thank you again so much for joining us heather if people want to connect with you where can they do that
2: um find me on twitter i'm tech t-e-c-h underscore chi chi um you know balance of technology and life um you can google me and find me all the other fun places too
0: excellent thanks again todd thanks for joining us if people want to connect with you learn more about peerless where can they do that
1: absolutely uh Twitter, LinkedIn under Todd Mayers. Um, and then certainly uh through the uh Peerless AV website, they can contact me as well. So if anybody's got any questions, our products, uh wanna just have a chat, feel free.
0: And if uh anyone is at I didn't prep you for this, so it's more fun. Um if anyone is at Infocom uh for the Infocom show, do you have your booth number on hand?
1: Nope. Awesome. Use the app.
0: Yeah, use the app. Stop it's by.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, can,
0: you never can miss the Peerless booth. They're, they're usually they're right, quite large.
1: Samsung will be all by the big boys.
0: Perfect. Uh, I know I will stop by. So if you haven't checked out Peerless recently, check them out as well. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to follow me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv. You'll find this show as well as a wide variety of all of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our underwriters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you support them as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi
2: Week.